This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Those of you that come all the time, you know there's, there's a lot going on. Um, in so, there's a lot going on everywhere, okay? I mean, there's a lot happening on the planet. There's a lot happening in the body of Christ. And um, there's a lot happening on Wednesday nights in so. <clears throat> like I always say um, to y'all, what happens here on Wednesday nights is not just happening because of those of us that are leading or teaching, um, that are, you know, bringing spiritual food. It's not just that. It's you all. You all come with open hearts. You come with questions to God. You come with um, praises and thanksgiving, and and you come with hunger, and you come with passion, and um, sometimes... Ones of us come with desperation. Anybody ever come with desperation? Oh. Um, and there's much happening. And some of, um, you know, I was away last week, and so uh, those that ministered last week shared with me. I've gotten each perspective and then some group settings where we talked about it. And um, I don't want to change the flow. I want to let the flow continue. You, know, you can... It's a church thing, okay? You can just pick up as usual. Um, each person that teaches each week gets what God's saying to them and brings a teaching. Or you can catch a flow. And I think even at the beginning of this year, we caught a flow, and I felt to declare that this year would be just Jesus. But to each one of us, that's something different, right? I mean, what Jesus is to me when I say just Jesus, how he's going to draw on me, how he's going to teach me, guide me, um, minister to my needs, it'll be very personal. And so it's the same thing for each of you all. But then we come and we gather. And the gathering becomes an expression of each one of our decisions to agree that this year in the School of Word and Worship is dedicated to just Jesus. What does Jesus want in the school? What does he want me to learn? Um, how does he want me to learn? You know, sometimes we can learn the same way we've always learned. And so sometimes then we just learn the same lessons again and again because we hear the word taught the same way and we don't, you know how I'll do this, like turn off your religious switch or maybe even the switch that makes you think your boundaries have to be a certain box that looks a certain way. Because God, Jesus didn't die so that we could live in a box. He didn't die so that we could, okay, turn off your, your button right now. He didn't die so we could be Christians. I hope that didn't shock you. He died so that we could be in relationship with him. Now, the church has chosen to call that Christianity, but knowing God and being a Christian are two different things. There are many people that put a tag on themselves as opposed to having a relationship. So, in so, we want to let the flow happen. We want what God is doing with each of you and each of us as faculty to happen. And so, one, some of what I pondered at the beach, I was like, oh, wow, this goes totally along with what happened last week. I had put... Um, Heather has, you know, make the decisions for what goes on. And then, of course, the other faculty participated as well. And I hear it was fabulous and beautiful. And um, so what I, what I pondered at the beach was something I've been pondering for a while. And then also I was looking at one of the Apostle Paul's prayers. But what I was pondering was, do we actually see truth? 
Do we recognize truth, or do we only recognize things the way we've been taught in the church setting? In other words, if God begins to move in a way that we don't think he talks like that, or we don't think he would be involved with those people, I mean, I've had people that don't even know God, wouldn't even call themselves Christians, speak truth to me. They didn't know they were speaking truth. You see, mankind, we are all spirit beings, and so we have a conscience. This is, it's getting really quiet in here. I'm thinking, oh, you guys be ready to help me here. Seriously, because I believe what God is doing in the church and the earth is he doesn't want us to just see it the way we've always seen it on Sundays and midweek services in a church setting. Can we recognize truth? I'll give you an example, even though it happened here in the sanctuary. Truth was flowing prophetically through Matt's fingers at the very end. That's why I came up here, but I didn't start. Because something was speaking to my heart in the music he was playing. It felt like a lullaby to my soul. And I was like, okay, I don't. I want to listen a little longer. So that's the question I'm throwing out for every one of us. All of us faculty are asking ourselves the same thing. All of the the worship team leaders are asking themselves, you know, I want to know truth. I want to know truth, not just know religion. You with me? So I want to to read um, the Ephesians 1 prayer because... God is, is literally, he's always engaged doing this. Please recognize my fingerprint. He's always, um, he's always coming with truth. He's always coming to take us further than we currently are. And so Paul's prayer was not something new that was just helping, happening then. God was coming even to Adam and Eve in the garden to open the eyes of their understanding. This is why when they did the deed, (laughs) he didn't walk away. I don't care if your denomination told you he walked away. He didn't walk away. If you go and read the scriptures, he called out to them after they had done the wrong. And he called out to them to open the eyes of their understanding. I know where you are, Adam. Do you know where you're at? I know exactly where you are. But do you know where you're at? Do you know why you feel naked? He didn't say that, but this is what he was coming to to show. Okay, now you're making new coverings for yourself. How many of us, I know I have, we make coverings for ourselves, don't we? We, we, We say, well, fig leaves, that was in the garden. No, we still use fig leaves. Church has lots of fig leaves. Coverings that God said, I never told you to get in that box. I never told you to do those laws that way. I told you that I would guide you by my spirit. So let me read. um, I'm going to start in Ephesians 1. um, And I'm probably reading a um, translation that you don't know. It's the CSB uh, because that's what I've got in my phone right now. And I'm not going to change it and end up taking all that time. So in, in Ephesians 1, starting at verse 15, this is why, this is what Paul, now this, Paul is an apostolic father. He, he yearns after the offspring in the body of Christ. He yearns, and, and part of his, one of his letters says, until Christ is formed in you, until you're so immersed and captivated by the anointed one and his anointing. I'm praying over you. Oh, there it goes. Come back, sweetheart. <laughs> 
This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now listen to this. I pray that the eyes of your heart, King James and New King James say understanding, I pray that your understanding would be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? You see, we say, well, I don't have a calling. Oh, we all have a calling. We're called into life with Christ. We're called into relationship with God. We're called into everything that speaks of. See, if we, if we choose to only see truth a certain way, will we recognize what are we really called to? Sometimes, I mean, I'm not called to ministry first. I'm called to walk with God first as a child of God. And if I don't walk that way, then I'm not going to be a very good minister. Right? You may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Not works, inheritance. You know, inheritance, you know, I inherited some stuff from my mom. I didn't pay a thing for that stuff. I didn't work for it. I was her daughter, and she left it to me in her will. And when I found out about it, I took possession. And what is the immeasurable, immeasurable, that's like not measurable, It's so big, you can't measure it. And then when you start trying to measure it, it gets bigger. The immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the mighty working of his strength. Um, Tonight, we're probably going to go back into a little bit of what was said. Grace had shared some stuff last week. Because I, I want you to catch that God is doing something on Wednesday nights. That's beyond our understanding. It's, it's not something you're going to put in a doctrinal box. It's, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to get out there. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm not trying to make something happen on Wednesday nights. I'm endeavoring by the Spirit to read what's happening here. And what's happening here is not tradition. What's happening here is that God is undressing us, not just in Wednesdays, but in this house, in the body of Christ, in the earth, in Christ. He's saying, Some of the church has put on clothing that God never said put on, that Christ never said put on, that Christ never wore. See, this was why there was a lot of hatred toward him. Those that were the teachers of the teachers of the teachers were like, what are you teaching? And I want to encourage you, not just on Wednesdays, come Sundays differently. Pastor Gavin is not looking for a a spooky message. He's not looking for a goosebump message. He is sitting with Father God and saying, what would you have me say to the family? And so I encourage you, if there's some, and this is not a judgment, it's an observation of my own self even. If you're wearing certain things to Sunday, if you're coming a certain way that you're not able to just drink in, to just trust, ask God to help you. Because God himself is speaking. He's speaking not just to Pastor Gavin, to Living Faith. He's speaking out into the airwaves and saying, I'm releasing the breath of life. Because I, this is what John 3.16 teaches us. But do we see the the depth of the spirit of truth in John 3.16? God so loved the world 
that he gave, the one that would save everything, even knowing what we would all do, God chose to still create us and say that he wanted us. Come on, guys, he's omniscient. He knew everything mankind, every man, woman, and child would ever do on this planet that was apart from him. And so clearly there's some truth he wants us to perceive that will free us from the bondages that still have us performing to earn something. There's no room for performance anymore. You see, fig leaves were performance. He said, I never meant for your nakedness to be covered. I never meant you to be ashamed of what you look like in your own self. Can you imagine? That was before body dysmorphia or whatever they call it when you know men or women think, ew. There was none of that in the garden. They walked in the spirit with God 24-7. They breathed in from him and breathed out into their territory. Before the fall, work wasn't a dirty word. Energy wasn't a concern. Are you all with me? Because there's things God is saying. There's things he's saying on Wednesday nights. You don't just come to take up time. Those of you that come into this room on a Wednesday night after a hard day's work, you're not coming here just to fluff your own feathers or anybody's feathers to make them think, I'm a good little Christian. You're hungry. You are hungry. You want to know, what's up, God? You ever have those feelings even of late, like, really, Jesus? I mean, you look around, either in the body of Christ or in the world or in politics or in government. Really, Jesus? Like, what the heck? Anybody feel that way ever? Just like, what are our prayers doing, Jesus? Well, when we let him show us truth, he'll show us what our prayers are doing. The Bible tells me that the prayers of a righteous avail much. They do a lot more than what you think. But when that voice says, eh, it's no big deal, no big deal. Your Christianity is no big deal. Keep going to church and just hang on tight until you get to go to heaven. No, no. He's like, I want heaven to come to earth. Heaven's coming to earth on Wednesday nights. No matter what we think is happening. You know, there's times I come into this room, not often, but sometimes on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whenever. Sometimes just, you know, when the staff prays or whatever, I don't feel anything. I don't like get goosebumps and, you know, get chills all over and think, oh. Sometimes I do feel, but not always. And we were even talking about that in the praise team prayer before this. It's not about what we feel. However, he does want us to feel. He does want us to have experiences. So let's walk further into the truth. Let's, let's. Let him teach us, how do I personally, how do you, each one of you, how will he allow you to perceive truth? You see, truth will always, when truth comes, truth will always lift you inside, even when it's correcting you. Even when it's correcting you. Condemnation makes you feel scummy, right? Like, ugh. So that's not God talking. But when you're like, oh, wow, it shouldn't have gone down like that. When it's him inside, I gratitude follows that feeling of, oh. I'm like, thank you, God. That's proof I know you're there. I know you're there because you just said, oh, that's not cool, Kathy. That's, that's not how I want you to think. So what truth is coming? It's not like 
when Matt was playing, if you didn't feel truth in that, I'm just giving you some words to define some things. Because there are ways God's going to come to you and he wants you to know, not everything I say to you am I going to chapter and verse it in the moment. But I want you to be a person of the word so that when I speak that, you've already got the foundation on which to say, that's God speaking to me. See, sometimes our only foundation is we haven't heard it in church yet. When I got baptized in the Spirit um, 30-something years ago, most of what I heard here, I'd never heard in church. Never. Never seen it in church. That didn't mean it wasn't true. He was speaking truth. Are you all with me? So... As this is going, I want to encourage you as each one of these, whoever shares now, because we made up our mind, okay, I was going to share what happened with me at the beach. God is basically saying, let your heart feel free. You don't have to agree with everything you hear. You don't have to like everything. And there's open door policy with all of us. If if we say things and it freaks you out or you think, "Mm, I'm not sure about that or I want to talk about it further, contact us. And you may perceive it very differently than we do. And that's okay. Do you understand that that's that's one of the biggest things that in the church we have to get used to? That as people come to God, they're not going to see it exactly like us. And that's okay. My three kids do not all see me the same. They all three experience me very differently. Partly because my my personal relationship with each one of them is different. And also they're different men and a woman. They're, they're different, and they've grown up. They perceive me differently now as adults. And I have to say, that's okay. But that's what good parents do, and God's a good parent, right? So uh, Grace had gotten some, what she felt regarding experiences that people may be having, and so I want you to take encouragement. This may not feel like teaching, teaching to you all, but we're endeavoring to guide you so that what's going on in your life personally, what God is teaching you, you can freely enter into these experiences without fear, without, um, you know, concern like, oh, am I going to get outside? Here's the deal. God can get you no matter where you go. If you get an error and you end off somewhere or we guide you wrong, you think God can't reach you? I mean, I know how far gone I was when he got me. And it wasn't, I wasn't in any kind of churchness. I was born again, though, because I was born again as a child. So be ready for further experiences in God and further growth and the ability to see truth in a lot of places. You see, there are people outside these walls that need to see us knowing God, not being church members. You with me? Are you ready? Is any one of y'all ready? I feel like my encouragement has hit, and now it's... Okay, okay I go first. Well, um, last week when Heather led us <laughs> in the flow, it felt like we are in a, a place... God is really wanting us to get into the river, but not just get into the river, but actually stay in the river. 
And the purpose of refreshing is not just, you know, you refresh and to go back to whatever there was the normalcy was. No, he wants to even elevate further than you have been. So having said that, I'm just going to go with what happened tonight. So what I, when uh, Matt was singing, what was that song? That dancing, <laughs> I was so into it. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> and I saw ourselves in this, like, um, in the river. And just imagine you guys are right in the middle of a river somewhere. I don't know whether it's going to be Mississippi or whatever river. <laughs> you know how to spell Mississippi. <laughs> anyway. um, in the river and... Um, I start seeing this like little, not little, but you know how the tornado works. But like I, I start seeing these tornadoes happening all over the sanctuary. And but as I kept looking, and the, these tornadoes were like kind of swirling, but it was individually made tornadoes for each one of us. So in other words, not nobody was missing out. And it's interesting when Heather was out this today. And then she came back and she said, oh, I got to tell you something. <laughs> and so she said, let me tell you, I get ministered by license plate. <laughs> I'm a license plate person. <laughs> so in other words, I'd be just minding my own business and I'd just go places and i look at the license plate like, oh, that's the word for me. Okay, that's just, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> She came back in the office today and said, guess what I saw today? So I said, what did you see? And she says, new shoe. Now, I, I, I could use a new pair of shoes, but then she says, new shoe, okay. She said, watch, watch. <laughs> well, so all of a sudden, oh, new shoe just popped up. And so this like tornadoes were going and, and the it's like the force of freedom comes and even I just use myself, kind of circling over me and come on, you know. But it wasn't forcefully say, I'm going to uproot you and make you swim or fly in the water. I know this expression is funny, but that's what I heard. So <laughs> then and then I, could, I was able to see that's, that you guys, it's like, what well, for me? Well, you need a new shoe or new shoes. Is because one, one shoe. One shoe. I mean, you can multiply you want. If you want just one shoe, you can have it. <laughs> so that when man was singing, you know, take up your garment of heaviness and put on the garment of praise, and I just had that um, feel that some of us, maybe including me, I just put on myself me that the some shoe you're wearing is actually outdone its purpose. So you need to take off your shoes. So you got so comfortable with your old shoe that even you have outgrown the shoe, just you never shoe shoes. Just you never knew that. So even that circling of the tornado was actually waiting on you, your decision. So once you take off that, then it's like when you go to bank. 
I go to bank a lot. And because of the COVID, I have to do like drive-through stuff. So when you go through drive-through, you know, the vacuum thingy that <laughs> just take up. And I saw that when, when I, even in my imagination, when I took off my shoes, I saw myself just like the vacuum. Whew. And just launched into this space or current, whatever. It's a lot of current is happening in this, this atmosphere. And say, let yourself go. Let it go. Be free. Whether it's in your imagination or whether it's in your understanding of a scripture, even how you praise and worship, even just let it go. And I said, I'm going to let myself go. Teach me. You know? And I may teach scriptures, I may share scriptures, but it had to be personally alive in me. It's like Pastor Kathy was saying tonight with the, the scripture she shared. It had to matter. And when I personally let go of whatever, of the box that, or the shoe, or shoe that I get so used to that, that when in time when it's time for me to discard the shoes and and then my feet go, and then in that, the other end of whatever, that vacuum, <laughs> he'll give me a new shoe. <laughs> to go into uncharted territory of my own destiny. So how about it? That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's what's happening tonight. <laughs> and in that the lullaby, I saw before, okay, come on. Let's go. That's what I can say. Okay. I don't have any issues or anything, but it just hit me. And because it was so funny when I saw that license plate, because it really was one. That's why I keep saying one shoe. Because I was like, what kind of a license plate is that? New shoe instead of new shoes. And so, so when I told Grace, I was like, you have to get the prophetic interpretation. I don't know what it is. And so anyway, but when she was just saying that, I was sitting there thinking about how hard it is to get rid of shoes because you get them worked into the position you want them in and they feel so comfortable and they can be the soles could be falling off, but they feel so good and you want to keep walking in them and running in them or do whatever. And it's really, it pains me sometimes to get rid of shoes because I'm like, oh, it's like I have to have a memorial service for them or something when I trash them because they feel so good and it's like they've been with me and I love them and everything and it's like but you got to get rid of them because you got a new pair and that was just hitting me when Grace was saying that and I was like oh interesting and I think like where where the church as a whole is is there are things that it, it, things are just going to be different. They're going to look different. And we it's time to let go of some of our old shoes, like she was saying, and step into like the new the new things, whatever that looks like. I don't know what it looks like. So, um, But anyway, that's, I don't know, that just hit me. I knew you had something on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. when you sit too far away from the front row, you get passed by. I'm going to sit her down or sometimes. Kathy read the, whoo, Kathy read the uh, Ephesians prayer. Um, 
I'm New King James. That's pretty simple. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Yay! I like that one. You know what I mean? I like learning stuff. I like learning, learning, doing stuff a little bit different, learning to do it a little bit easier, and just being enlightened about something and trying not to get caught in a, in a rut and do it the same way just because you've always done it that way. So, speaking of that, <laughs> my next unfavorite scripture, James 1-2, count it all joy when you fall into stuff, stuff. I'm like... First time I heard somebody talk about that, I'm like, you lie. <laughs> it's like, you lie. That's works. you got to fight and do all of that. So just been pondering that. <laughs> it's just funny how things just change. And so I've been gardening for a number of years now. So I always looked at uh, pulling the weeds up as the enemy, and you got to go out, you got to work, you got to sweat, you got to pull those weeds, and it's just a, it's a chore. A couple weeks ago in chats, Bethany speaks up and says, I love going out to my garden in the morning and pulling the weeds and just spending time with God. And I thought, shoot, she's figured something out. You know what I'm saying? Taking care of the stuff that we just talked about can be a joy. I still, I'm not quite there at pulling weeds and being happy. You know what I mean? But, but I do look at it differently from a practical point of view. And then from a spiritual point of view, when I look at what's coming at me or what's in front of me and what I, what I have to do, my favorite word now is to look at it as a son. You know what I mean? How's my dad going to help me deal with that? And when I look back at my dad, he's like I did the thing with Grace many years ago. He's a lot bigger than I am. You know what I mean? So when I look at something coming at me, I'm learning now even more how to count it joy because going at whatever it is coming after me with my dad can be fun. You know what I mean? When you have a dad that likes to teach you how to do stuff, or a grandpa for me was more more like a grandpa, when you have that and they actually take the time to teach you how to do it or let you watch, you actually learn and you're enlightened. You're enlightened in what you're, in what you are doing. So to me, <laughs> pulling weeds or whatever it is in front of you that just feels like a hard task because it feels like it's the devil just putting its roots down, down in you. Count it all joy when you go at that and look at it to the point of view of, I'm going to spend time with God. It's going to be like roundup. This weed is going to die. I probably won't even have to pull it up. You know what I mean? It'll just be dead, and it's dead all the way down. I don't have to dig the roots up. It's dead all the way through. So Bethany, and I came out of chats. If you haven't been to chats, I'm a good promoter, advertiser. <laughs> they start at six. And that's just the kind of stuff that just comes, comes out of that. We just talk. We listen to each other. And even something as simple as gardening and the joy of pulling weeds, just it just clicked. Count it all joy. When the weeds grow up in your life, when you can spend time with the Father, getting rid of the weeds. Oh, here we go. Sorry, sorry. I wasn't sure who was. She said, go. I guess I better go. So real quick, I just want to read. uh, Make sure I hold the mic up. Um, let's see, Philippians 4, 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, 
But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We were sing- singing that song tonight. Thank you. And that song just kept just radiating in my spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And the anointing was just so on that song, with what Matt was playing. And a lot of times... I want to think about, you know, when we're in prayer, do we give thanksgiving? Are we thankful for the storm that we're going through, but are we also thankful for the, when we're going to come out of this storm? And I heard someone once say, you will never have what you do not see. We're supposed to call those things which be not as though they were, although they are. So do we come with thanksgiving? Are we praying with thanksgiving? Do we... Thank God for those things, as Matt was saying. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. Do we come with thanksgiving? It's thanksgiving on our heart. A lot of times we come with thanksgiving knowing that we're in a battle, we're in a struggle. The Bible says that we don't fight, we fight the good fight of faith. But are we fighting that good fight of faith? Are we fighting with thanksgiving? Knowing that he's going to bring us through. Knowing that we're going to the other side. Knowing that he's for us and not against us. Knowing that we are more than conquerors. We trust in him. Do we have thanksgiving on our heart? That song was just radiating in me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Even in the, the small things. Thank you, Lord, in the midst of the storms. In the midst of situations. In the midst of circumstances. In the midst of when things don't seem like they, I'm going to overcome. I'm not going to make it out. But, Lord, I just want to thank you that I'm coming through. Regardless of what it looks like. I'm going to make it out. That's it. I hope I got some. <laughs> no, I'm just going to share where I'm at because this year, um, Pastor Kathy um, felt that this was just Jesus. And um, I started reading this book on intercession by Reese Howell. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it, but it's a classic. And um, it's a good book. Read it. (laughs) And he talked about um, understanding the crucifixion. And this is just Jesus, right? And um, and the way he talked about it, I I felt so dumb. (laughs) I was like, I should get this. Like, I should know what he's talking about. But he was talking at a depth that my heart hadn't gone. And my I didn't have the eyes of my understanding weren't enlightened. I didn't have that revelation of the crucifixion that he was talking about. And it began to, as I started, like, digging and, you know, really talking to the Holy Spirit and, and being honest and saying, Father, I want... If he can have this, like God's not a respecter of persons, right? So it's really useless to be jealous in the kingdom. (laughs) It really is, because all we need to do is ask. (laughs) Okay? So it's really stupid. If there's somebody out there doing amazing stuff and you want to do it, don't be jealous. Ask, right? So I started asking him for, you know, Father, I want this revelation, because it was life-changing and transforming for him. And so I really started digging into that. And it took me, you know, I was just looking at the scripture and 
in, I think it's Corinthians 15, where it says, the last Adam was a life-giving spirit. And that is so tied to the crucifixion and our understanding of the depth of that. And then it took me down the road of really, really looking at sonship and looking where I'm at. And it took me then to even thinking about the tabernacle and where am I in that. And I realized that (laughs) just Jesus. (laughs) But I honestly have thought so many times that he needed my help. I mean, you know, so I've been in like that outer court where it was me and Jesus' partnership, but it wasn't all him. I wasn't standing in the Holy of Holies, which I don't have to work to get to. It's inheritance. So just Jesus for me in this time, and, and, I've, and it's made me look at like my motivation. What was my motivation for 95% of the stuff that I'd done? You know, it was so people would pat me on the back and be like, man, look at you. And be like, look at me. <laughs> you know, because I needed to have my heart fulfilled, you know. Um, and so I really stepped back in everything. And I'm looking at like, you know, what is my motivation is it just Jesus? Am I, am I honoring the work, the finished work of the crucifixion? Am I, is my heart seated and grounded and rooted in true sonship? And you know, and so that's, you know, for me, this, the just Jesus thing was huge. <laughs> it's been really, really big. But it's been really, really beautiful. You know, because it's like right now I can feel. It wasn't that I didn't have that rock. It wasn't that I didn't have faith. It wasn't that I didn't have a knowing. It wasn't that I, my heart didn't cry out, Abba, Father. But I could so easily go from that seat over to, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And then I jump back over here, you know. And now I'm finding that I'm over here more, and I have not in any way, shape, or form arrived. There are things that where the Father is showing me, like you know, you're insecure here because you don't know my love here, and that's all insecurity is. Well, insecurity is just simply where there's a piece of my heart that hasn't encountered his goodness and his love so much that I'm secure. You know? And, and, but it's been good. It's been really good. JR talked about, you know, the trials. What was he said? The stuff. Yeah, the, the stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I realized where, you know, I came into this walk through AA. And I love AA. It saved my life, literally. <laughs> you know, but it's, it is all about, you know, self-help is all about me changing me 
for an outcome that is good rather than me coming to him and being like, oh no. <laughs> That's my faith. My faith is right now in I don't know, but I know you know. <laughs> you know? And standing there very vulnerably. So just Jesus. Just Jesus. Diving into the crucifixion. Diving into sunshine. And living from that place. Thank you, Mama. Okay, then I was going to do this, but... <laughs> I know. But um, what cut my heart when you both were talking, uh, I mean, everybody was talking, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I have to share that. First, I want to start from his heart for us is for us, each one of us to know, be fully convinced we're his favorite. Like fully convinced. Like you cannot create a case and tell me I'm not his favorite. That's where he wants us to be, to fully comprehend sonship. And one thing that I learned from training center years ago is what Pastor Babette said is, you never have to be jealous of any one of his kids. When you see something that somebody has with God, all you have to say is, I want that. When Grace shared with us symbols and signs, I just said, I want that. It was like the next night, I got that. But every single, anybody that comes up and shares something, that he goes, that sounds like, that would be cool. Just say, I want that. He will not hold it back from you. I got so much from that. But um, talking about shoes, that's one of the things I said. I want that. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I wasn't really into shoes. Tomboy, everything. and Just shoes was not my thing until God made it our thing. So one day, you know, I just told him, I was like, I want that to be our thing. I want shoes, but I don't want to pay for them. You know how, like, you I mean, because I have three kids. They're all boys, but I relate to them differently by Pastor Kathy said. I wanted that to be our special thing. And then he started doing it. But then from that, he shows me other things. He goes, if I can do that with shoes for you. No matter what it is, he's your father and you're his favorite. You know, one thing he showed me, he goes, when you, when you have a thing with me, you can flow to other people from there. Um, I'll just give you a couple of examples. Went to the post office. I don't know the lady from Ida. I mean, she goes, do you shop at DSW? I was like, yeah. I mean, I should buy stock there. And she just gave me like, you know, a gift card. When, you know, randomly people would just give me gift cards for shoes. This is the first time I'm sharing it publicly. So it's not like people know that that's a thing, my thing. Or I'll go to DSW and I'll go, let me just check my app. And when I go up to the window, they're like, oh, oh, we can give you this and give you this and this, and I'll give them a penny because you can't, they can't literally give you free shoes. You have to give them money to go in the register. So I've bought tons of pennies, shoes. 
but I'm just, but when that happens, it gives me the opportunity because they'll look at you like, how? Then I'll go, oh, that's my thing with God. And they'll look at you funny again. But I've come home tons of times, whatever, Ross, and I'll, I'll tell my husband, guess how much? And he knows to start guessing from below a dollar. <laughs> but it's, it's just an opportunity from intimacy flows ministry. Get something with him and say, okay, this is from where we flow. So when you said the one shoe, I was like, that's my jam. <laughs> Get something with him. Just reminds you that I am his son. Not only his son, his favorite son. And from their flow. Anybody else? You guys got any more? I think all of this um, should stimulate. I mean, one of the things that's stimulating in the atmosphere right now is adventure. I think sometimes we um, let our experiences with God become church rather than adventure. You know, with natural parents good natural parents, from the time a child is toddling, they're allowing the child to explore and experiment and play. And I think some of what we've lost at times in the church world is adventure and play. We've gotten so serious. We, we've thought that being serious, I think, I think we've thought, I, this is my perspective, we think we're more spiritual if we don't act silly. If we don't play, and yet the Bible says, come as a child, come and enjoy your relationship, enjoy church. You know, Jared said, you know, he learned. Now, this is an elder, one of the, not age-wise, but lengthwise, longevity. He was the, the first pastor in this house other than Pastor Barry, right? I mean, you got ordained, right? Early on, he was in his 20s when he got ordained. I mean, we were back, we were kids, Neil, him, we had a home group and it was crazy. We were just kids. But anyways, that, that aspect of exploring and being unashamed and unafraid, and that's really what we want to give to you all on Wednesday nights. Feel free in worship to let yourselves go, to, to experiment. If you get an urge to do something different, to dance, to sing out, to sing in the spirit. I mean, sometimes I like just stop singing because I want to hear, is anybody singing in the spirit? I mean, it's like we do speak in tongues in here, right? I mean, hello? I mean, if you don't, no condemnation. But I do, and most of us do, and, I, and we sing. And, and Paul said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. So, I mean, that's what brought me as a Baptist all the way over to the other side. It's like, oh, okay. So this is the guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? And he says, you know, tongues is cool. Anyways, be adventurous. In, in Deuteronomy 30:19, and you know, sometimes we go to the Old Testament and we think it feels so staunch and it feels so serious. And it's, um, and when you read that, it can feel really serious because it's, you know, the passage that says that I've, I call heaven and earth to record against you. But what we need to understand is that was not an accusation. He was basically saying, I've set up this realm to respond to what you say. Like there's a recording happening in the earth, people, humans. There's a lot of creepy stuff recorded in the earth, right? And there's a lot of Christians adding to that. 
You know, God will kill you if you're naughty. He'll make you sick if you do wrong. These are lies, but they're being recorded and people are starting to believe them. What if we start saying like what each faculty member has said tonight is that God wants to teach us. He wants to groom us in freedom. He wants to groom us in the giftings. We, every person in this room, every human being really has giftings, qualities, things you bring to the table that nobody else can do it like you. Nobody else can express it like you would express it. In all different forms, artwork, anything, creativity is God's, God's fingerprint. Think about it, guys. So I encourage you because that scripture says, I've set before you life and blessing. Okay, life and death, blessing and cursing. I've set before you good things. And that's where, like, we started tonight. Do you recognize truth? Do you recognize when God's putting adventures in front of you where you're going to learn about life? Not just church life, spiritual life, human life, freedom. I would encourage you, if you take nothing else away from tonight, take away that he is encouraging you to accept yourself and be free. Don't try and impress anybody. Just be you. Just be you. Do you. When you come in on Wednesday nights, you don't have to act like it's Sunday. (laughs) Nothing against Sunday, but Sunday is Sunday. And Wednesday is Wednesday. Wednesday is a school. Do you know the minute you call it a school, you can make a mistake. You can learn. You can grow. You can practice. Isn't that what you do in classes? You get a new lesson. You might do the math wrong. So what? How you learn to do it right is just doing it. You don't wait to do it until you can do it right. You'll never do it. So I want to encourage you. There's even, you know, each faculty member we've shared. I'm going through some stuff now too. Not, you know, just stuff, stuff. There was a license plate once years ago and it said stuff happens, but it wasn't spelled S-T-U-F-F. Anybody remember that license plate? Stuff happens. In life, but God is always there to teach us something through it. So I'm sitting there today, Neil and I, my husband, he's sitting in the back. He's back on Wednesday nights. Woohoo! At least tonight. Um, but we're having a new roof put on, and so I'm sitting there trying to have my time with Jesus this morning. You know, I'm like getting focused, and because um, I'm thinking about this night and how he hasn't given like a literal this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, so just talk to my heart, just make my heart at ease, and, you know, and we're just going to do this tonight. And pound, pound, pound. These guys show up 630. 6.30. 6.30, because, you know, it's hot on a roof, so they're going to start early and then leave before it gets too hot. Pound, pound, pound. So I'm sitting there, and I start realizing this is illustrating what's going on in so. Because God isn't just going to put new shingles on your life. He's not going to just... He's, some of it, he's going to scrape off the old stuff. He's going to take out the nails. And in the process of the new shoe or shoes or adventure or whatever you want to call it, you do realize you can call it anything you want. There's nothing saying you have to label it this. You're experiencing God. Babette was just completely transparent about a revelation. Now, this is one of the pastors of the house, completely, you know, just saying this is a revelation. And I just got it this year. 
and Pastor JR is saying, I like to learn new lessons. And he learned something from a very young woman in chat. And so we're all being transparent. And so I'm sitting there saying, oh, wow, you're like changing the whole roof. Roofs speak of covering. You're messing with what we thought was covering us. You're taking the nails out. You're taking the shingles off. Fig leaves. See, we have, we all have pictures. What pictures do you have? We've each shared pictures. I'm telling you, that was so freaking noisy. You would not believe it. I was shocked. I I left a half an hour early to come to work because I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. My head was like, I mean, they're pounding. This is an old fashioned roofer. He's an older guy and he still, he doesn't use a nail gun. He just pounds those nails and everybody working with him pounds those nails but he's putting on a good roof. It's good when you take off all the old and put all new. That's a blessing. That's a gift. So if you feel like God is making changes, adjusting your Christianity, your perception of church, your perception of biblical truth, whatever, breathe deep. It's happening to all of us. He's in the earth saying, I want to wake you up. Y'all been sitting on the pew, you've been wearing the same shoes, you got yourself a pair of Birkenstocks, and they're worn in, but it's time for a new pair. And the new pair is going to feel stiff. Anybody who's familiar with Birks, I want a new pair of Birkies myself. But you know why I don't want to buy them? They're uncomfortable for the longest time when you break them in. New Christianity and God's new expression and his transition in the earth, in the embodiment of Christ right now, is a little bit disruptive. But you guys are amazing. You come on Wednesday nights and you're hungry and you're passionate. And so I honor you for that. We honor you as the faculty. We honor you. You're a part of the change he's bringing to the earth. Thank you. Thank you. We have visitors with us. You're not really visitors. You're family. Your family with us. And clearly he's speaking to you as well. So I hope some of this witnesses to your hearts. Because he, he is even taking down the walls between churches. Please, Jesus, yeah. take down the walls and the judgment. Yeah. And let us put our hearts and our passion and our fire, our burning hearts for Jesus. Let's put it together. Get some new shoes. Yeah. Something that the world actually says, ooh, I like those shoes. Because sometimes they look and say, no thanks. Yeah. So are you all with me? I want to encourage you. And if you don't feel to do this, it's fine. But we're going to go ahead and close a few minutes early. But if, if you're in on this deal, even what we've shared tonight, that, that that's what's happening here in, in our gathering on Wednesday nights. And bring people with you, people from other churches. If they don't know God, bring them. Don't be afraid that they're going to think we're weird as Christians. We are. Seriously, I mean, aren't all humans weird? It's just we're not weird to ourselves because we're familiar with each other, but other people think we're weird. That's just different. So let's even embrace difference. So if you're in on this and you're really in on what is God doing in the earth and I'm willing to be courageous, step into the changing, whether he's changing your shoes, taking off your roof, whatever he's doing, whatever you want to picture it, get your own pictures, feel free and get in your own pictures. And you know, you might think, "Mm, I'm not telling anybody my pictures yet. That's okay. I've got a lot of things I ain't told you all yet (laughs) because you might think I'm way cray, more cray than what you already know. But if you're in on this with us because Jesus is worthy, 
He paid a high price for our freedom. So isn't it important that we walk in it? So if you're in on it, just stand up. I'm going to just close in prayer, but we're just going to, it's kind of a sign of our agreement. Father, we love you so much. We really do burn inside. And some of us that may not even feel like we burn, you put a fire there. So if we've not yet felt it, we just trust you. We're saying we trust you. We're open. I thank you, Father, for the power of agreement in this room right now. In the name of Jesus, we agree together that you are moving in our midst, that you love us beyond what we can begin to comprehend, and you're for us. You're not against us. You're not judging us. You're not even critiquing what we're doing and how we're doing it. You're looking at our hearts, and you're literally receiving our faith, our love, and our commitment. And so, Father, I thank you for your empowerment. It is just Jesus. You gave us your spirit, Jesus. And it's by your power through your spirit in us that we will move forward and allow change personally and then corporately and then out into the world. We pray right now, Father God, for all those who will come to know Jesus because we're willing to change because we're willing to grow and mature, because we're willing to display tolerance and love. And so we literally put our faith together. No matter how big or small each one of our faith is, we put it together, and we know that it's more than enough because you ordained how tonight would look. And so we bring it to this closure and say, yes, Father, we're willing, and you show us how. So I thank you for the privilege of freedom in this Living Faith School of Word and Worship. There will be no judgment, no scrutiny, no criticism. We accept you and we accept one another and we thank you for freedom and manifestation of the miraculous power of your love for us, Father God. And we pray for Pastor Gavin right now. As he sits at the helm of this household, We thank you, Father, for his passion, for his fire, for even his willingness to let there be a school that's out in an open field, not in a classroom, that we've been given the freedom as faculty to allow you to move however you will move. So we speak blessing over him and protection over him, spirit, soul, and body. Let him rest tonight and have sweet sleep. In Jesus' name, amen.